0: From the Medical Republic, I'm Francis Wilkins. This is The Tea Room. Over the past month, we've been talking to candidates who put their hand up to be the next president of the RACGP. In this fourth episode of the series, we'll be talking to Dr. Kate Wiley, who hopes to replace the incumbent president, adjunct professor, Karen Price. Kate is a GP based in suburban Adelaide on Ghanaland. She chairs the RACGP's Climate and Environmental Medicine Specific Interest Group, and she's on the board of Doctors for the Environment. She has a particular interest in mental health and women's health, as well as transgender medicine, and she considers herself an ally of the LGBTIQA community. Kate, welcome to the Tea Room, and thanks for joining us for a chat.
1: Good morning, Francis, and thank you so much for inviting me along.
0: It's a pleasure. Now, of course, what we want to know is why are you running for RACGP president?
1: Well, absolutely. I will just first acknowledge that I am on Ghana land, as you mentioned, and to say hello in Ghana is Namani. So, Namani to you all, and I hope everyone's well out there. Thank you. I'm running because, you know, fundamentally I want to make a difference. I'm proud to be a GP, and I'd like us to have a healthy and flourishing GP community so that we can do our job of looking after people's health. I want to address the challenges that we have, and we've got big challenges in terms of our numbers and our businesses and how they impact on the health of the community and health equity but really what i my sort of my major passion is climate action for me climate change is a health issue and we have a responsibility as health professionals to act you know basically we need to treat it just like we do everything else
0: i believe you said that the health sector for medical professionals it's our problem that's quite a statement tell me what you mean
1: sure so you know we like Climate change is an immense global problem, obviously, and it requires the concerted action of governments, industries, professional groups and individuals to solve it. But it is also very much our problem. So we know that climate change is a health emergency, that it's the greatest health problem of our time. And so to not address it as healthcare practitioners, there's, you know, we have to, it's absolutely part of our duty of care. And, you know, we're in a time in history where we need climate action across the board and we need to be part of that conversation. We need to be part of the solution. Well, obviously, you know, GPs need support, you know, like I think general practice needs to be, you know, acknowledged as the foundation of our healthcare system. And we need to receive the support we need to protect the health of the Australian people. So We'd like to see, you know, general practice to be well-funded and well-resourced so that we can keep people well and out of hospital. I have to say too that GP land has a lower carbon footprint, so supporting general practice, you know, supports our patients, it supports our economy and supports our carbon budget. I'm also interested in GP pride in a way. Like I think we should talk ourselves up. I find the Just a GP narrative to be incredibly insulting and, um, you know, we have a depth and breadth of knowledge that no other profession can lay claim to. And I think we should stand up for ourselves with that. I'm also very interested in making sure that we ensure equity for all people. You know, healthcare is a human right. And, you know, unfortunately, of course, there is inequity in our society. And I would like to make sure or do everything I can to remedy those problems.
0: What does equity mean when it comes to patients?
1: Equity of access, there should be equal access no matter a person's, you know, gender, sexual orientation, ethnicity, ability or disability. It means equity of healthcare practitioners themselves so that, you know, all doctors are treated equally no matter what their backgrounds are. And it means, you know, addressing that, you know, like equality and equity are not quite the same thing. You know, some people need more support than others. You know, and, you know, one of the big examples in Australia, obviously, is First Nations health, where, you know, unfortunately, First Nations people have much worse health than, you know, the non-First Nations counterparts. And so, you know, they need more support to remain well than other people
0: so is is that a problem that or is that a question that needs addressing within the gP community? Is it about gP education or are there larger structural or policy questions at play there?
1: Yeah, well, it's all of it, isn't it? you know Of course we need to be doing our bit and you know making sure that you know GPS are aware of the need for you know protecting health as a human right and equitable health care, but we cannot separate health from the broader society. And, you know, that's the same with climate. You know, we have to, you know, appreciate where we play within the society that we're a part of.
0: Now, you've mentioned quite a few challenges already. One of the biggest challenges, obviously, we, we face is the GP shortage with so few going into general practice these days. That's another passion, I believe, of yours. What would you do to address that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so firstly, that, I think that comes back to being proud to be a general practitioner. So, you know, basically talking us up. I think we need to stand tall with the other colleges. I'd like to talk to, you know, all the other doctors out there and help them appreciate what general practice does. I'd like to talk to medical students and young doctors. I think we should have like a marketing campaign and get out there and tell them what a great job we have because, you know, like general practice is a great job, right? We do amazing things and I would like to see us, you know, encouraging all of that. I do appreciate the problems for registrars and that, you know, for them going into GP is, you know, a pay cut and that, you know, our numbers are decreasing over time. So, you know, I really like the single employer model that has been tried in New South Wales where registrars are basically still employed by that state's health department and making it more attractive for them to work in general practice and more attractive too for GP practices to want to support having a registrar.
0: I know politically that's been looked at quite favourably, the Murrumbidgee model that you you mentioned. Is it something that you think could be rolled out much more broadly across states or is it not that simple?
1: I think it would be, you know, it would take work to do it, but that doesn't mean we can't do it anyway. You know, like every problem we face is hard. None of them are simple answers. You know, like, you know, what's that saying? You know, the simple answer to an obvious problem is probably wrong. You know, like we need to explore things and work to make it happen. But yeah, let's roll it out.
0: And another thing you've talked about in your campaign on your, you actually have a website laying out your policy platform. Another thing is developing a consultative culture. What, What does that mean to you?
1: That means that GPs are considered the, you know, the centre of the RACGP. You know, like we need as a college to enable GPs to prosper and achieve the best of their abilities. And the college is there to support its members. So I'd like us to be consultative. If I'm fortunate enough to be president of the college, I'll strive to be responsive to the membership and represent the membership's views and accountable to the membership in my actions. You know, I do think the college tries to do this, and I think it's hard when you've got an organisation of more than 40,000 people to, you know, talk to everybody. But, you know, we just need to make sure communications channels are open and respond to the membership when they talk to us.
0: What about relationships with other doctors' groups like the AMA, acram and so on? Do you think the relationship with those bodies is something that? could be changed or even reset? Would would that help?
1: I think we just need, we need to be friends with each other, don't we? You know, I think that all doctors should recognise that we're on the same team and that we're basically looking after healthcare and that, you know, we have to work together and it's more harmonious the better. You know, like I think the RACGP has done some, things where we're in consultation with other colleges. I feel like the RACGP has tried to, you know, forge good relationships with Acrum at the moment. I know that before the last election, the RACGP was one of 10 colleges that signed on to a climate-ready and climate-friendly workforce statement. So, you know, I think it's all about relationship building and certainly, you know, relationship building is something that I think is really important for college president.
0: Talking of relationships, relatively new government is one body that you'll have to develop relationships Mm. with. GPs and the medical profession are quite well represented in Canberra. If you think about the crossbench, you've got Monique Ryan, Sophie Scamps and others. Mm. So potential allies there. How, How would you manage the relationship with government? Especially given that all needs to be done in the next six months with the uh, with, with the task force.
1: Yeah, right. You know, there's no time like now, is there? I mean, fundamentally, I'd be helping them realise that their goals and ours are the same. You know, Labor has espoused universal healthcare, sort of a patient centred healthcare model. Prior to the election, they pledged for a national climate and health strategy. And we know that, you know, Mark Butler back in 2017 when he was Shadow Environment Minister endorsed a climate and health strategy. So, you know, we know that they already want these things or that they've already publicly said that they want these things. And, you know, we've just had a climate election and I think it's, you know, so I think we can build upon what's there already. And, you know, we know that When it comes to, you know, the political world, they're very interested in how it looks, you know, in the broader public, is there votes in it or not? And Australians, they've got five major issues that they vote on, which is jobs, tax, education, health and now climate. And so if they're seen to be doing good things in both those spheres, I think that's, you know, seen as attractive to them. Um, But, you know, fundamentally, respectfully, you know, like, I think it's really important that when we're talking to politicians that when we're advocating that we appreciate that they're there doing the best they can too and so to come with a respectful mindset um, but having pride also in the dignity of general practice as a profession and saying, you know, we're here because we're important. We are embedded in the communities all around Australia and that general practice, you know, we have a community reach and so we deserve to have a seat at the table. I also want to sort of talk about not just talking to the health minister. You know, I know that Karen Price met with Chris Bowen, the climate change and energy minister, a couple of weeks ago. I was fortunate enough to be consulted on the briefing paper for that meeting. And so, you know, think about someone like Linda Burney for Indigenous Australians or Bill Shorten for the NDIS. You know, the more politicians or the more ministers that we talk to with different portfolios the more that general practice becomes on their radar so that when they're in Cabinet, when they're having caucus meetings, it's not just one person thinking about general practice and how it affects their purview. It's lots of people thinking about general practice and how it affects their, their scope.
0: Well, the Minister at the recent AMA conference uh, identified aged care and primary care as his priority is obviously a very public meeting there but apparently from what uh, medical republic's sources have told us actually in the room with the strengthening medicare task force Mm. he was well received there he did seem to give some real genuine support for primary care as a key area of focus so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next uh, five six months and whether that actually finds its way into uh, meaningful policy moves and funding. Now, obviously, all this includes shaping policy areas within RACGP. What were these, the key policy areas would you be addressing if you were elected president?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's obviously climate action is the, one of the things that I think is really, really important. And I'd like to see all GPs educated about climate change and how it affects them and their regions. And I'd like to see us greening our practices, You know, developing an audit tool that we can all use in general practice And I think this is, you know, important as far as us taking responsibility. You know, we can then, you know, go to our communities and talk about climate to our patients and help them understand that climate change is something that is a problem for them now. It's not a future problem and it affects them and their health. So, you know, absolutely I'd do that. When it comes to our problems with, you know, attracting junior doctors into healthcare, you know, young people are worried about climate. So they need to see that we're doing that. They need to see that we're addressing it and it will increase the attractiveness of working with us. You know, we've already touched the sort of the funding models that are attractive, you know, and it's the same with the rural workforce shortage, you know, like we already know that there are doctors leaving rural Australia because it's too hot to live there. Yeah, And so we're not going to be solving these problems if we're not considering climate the whole way along.
0: What do you think the role for foreign trained professionals is in all this? There's, there's been certainly concerns about the way IMGs are treated. Maybe the, the relationship is not what it could be. What, what do you see as the role for IMGs?
1: Well, they're a really, really vital part of our general practice workforce. You know, like I, I think the percentage of IMG doctors is 40 or 50%. Like it's quite a high number. And so, you know, they do deserve to be treated properly and respectfully as well. And I think it's, you know, it is part of our solution. And, you know, I would certainly look forward to working with IMG people and ensuring that, you know, they have support that they need from the college.
0: Kate, you've been very generous with your time. You've got a lot of key areas that you're very passionate about. I'm sure that's not all of them, though.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, one thing I really want to point out to the membership is that it's really important that whoever is RACGP president has advocacy and campaigning experience. Certainly, that's something I have. I've done a lot of advocacy in my working climate and I've spoken to politicians from all walks of life, whether they're Labor, Greens, independents or the LNP. Also that I think, you know, college president needs to have governance experience and, you know, I've got that too with my work on the board of Doctors for the Environment and so, you know, appreciating the, you know, the nuances of, you know, working with staff, working with executives, working with the board and working with the broader membership and how to kind of manage what can be sometimes difficult relationships fundamentally i want to say vote one dr kate wiley because i think that i would make an excellent college president and i would work really hard for the membership and for the people of australia whom we all serve
0: vote number one kate wiley you heard it first here (laughs) that was dr kate wiley talking to the tea room Next time, I'll be talking to another candidate who's thrown their hat in the ring with their eye on the RACGP presidency. We'll see you then. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can search for us on your favorite podcast player and subscribe. Leave us a review if you like. And if you have any news tips or you just want to chat, you can email me at Francis at medicalrepublic.com.au. The Tea Room is a production by the journalists at the Medical Republic. Visit medicalrepublic.com.au to keep up to date with all the latest news and views in general practice. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. We love to keep you informed. Thanks so much for tuning in.